Welcome to the Same 24 Hours Podcast with Meredith Atwood. We all have the same 24 hours each day, and it's what we do with those 24 hours that makes all of the difference in our health, happiness, and success. On this episode, we have Lauren Handel Zander, author of Maybe It's You, Cut the Crap, Face Your Fears, Love Your Life. She talks about why you are a chicken, a brat, and a weather reporter. Not necessarily in that order. Enjoy the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Same 24 Hours podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Atwood. I have a great guest today. Her name is Lauren Handel Zander, and she is a life coach, university lecturer, public speaker, and co-founder and chairwoman of the Handel Group, which is an international corporate consulting and private coaching company. Her latest amazing thing is a new book called Maybe It's You, Cut the Crap, Face Your Fears, Love Your Life. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Thank you. So I am super excited to have you. I picked up this book, and the title's just fantastic. (laughs) Maybe it's you. Oh, good. I loved it. But it really is just a fantastic, um, I don't know, do you call it self-help book? Yes, it, yeah. it, it, it is. Okay. It's really <laughs> funny, though. I mean, you can probably guess from the title that it's a funny book, but Lauren is hilarious. And so tell us, Lauren, a little bit about, you've got over 20 years of experience um, fixing corporate businesses and marriages, and um, you created the Handle Method, which is this amazing, um, I guess... What do you, methodology that's now taught in tons of universities and schools. So talk a little bit about that and how it's helped everyone. So what, what the method is all about is connecting an individual to what they really think and forcing you, forcing the individual to have a conversation about designing your life and what do you really think about your ability to design your life. And what do you think about all areas of life? So it's like this step-by-step process that basically forces you to, to care about life and all its different areas and your personality, the one you got from your parents and how that's impacted you, and then how you hold all your memories connected to your own ambition, connected to, you know, how you eat every day, connected to everything, right? So it's all about a way to look at yourself, study yourself, so you can get ahead of it and actually design your life. And do you use this method in, in the book, Maybe It's You? That Basically, Maybe It's You is that process. Okay. Like the basic 101 mm-hmm. What, you know, what took me 20 years to figure out in how to really get an individual to take on their own lives, not me make you, but really have you think about it that way so that you really truly empower yourself or face yourself uh, is what the book is all about. And it's, you know, took me 20 years to write this one book, right? Like to get this done. Right. Yeah. It's absolutely fabulous and very entertaining. I mean, very laugh out loud funny in parts. I really like the part yeah. it was near the beginning of the of the book where you talk about an incident that shaped your life with um, a bird. Do you remember what story I'm talking about? <laughs> of, of course I remember the bird story. So tell everyone the bird story. I think it's great. So, so the bird story was, you know, I was living in Israel and I was, you know, young, you know, I think I was barely, you know, I was barely 19 and, um, I knew no, I really didn't know Hebrew and I was not in a place where they knew English, mm-hmm. which really means I was alone, which was on, on some level, a true miracle, like to have no one to talk to, have nothing <laughs> like you are like alone. Right. Right. And for for weeks on end. And the only job that I actually had was to, you know, basically chop vegetables for three hours. And then I had the rest of the day and night to myself. And um, and so (laughs) during, you know, and there were like maybe two people who spoke enough English. Right. That I could have a relationship with and hang with. And so the story unfolds that um, I 
you know, and so I spent a lot of time by myself, right? And so I could talk to myself and hang with myself plenty. Right. And Israel is a spiritual place, right? You, you know, it, it, it brings out all of history, right? If you've never been there, it's a profound experience to be there and to have to figure out what you think about all of religion, right? Everything mm-hmm. kind of hangs out there. Uh, so anyway, so imagine that's the backdrop and I'm 19 and I hang with myself plenty and I was walking back to go take my nap for the day <laughs> and uh, basically heard a voice in my head say, look in the bushes, <laughs> right? And at that point in my life, whatever the voice in the head said, I was like, you know, that's all I had for entertainment purposes. Right. And so I truly was like, what was that? Look in the bushes. It was definitely <laughs> out of you know, nothing I had ever expected would be said like that. And trust me, it has never been said again. Um, (laughs) So I look in the bushes and I, and I, which was odd and funny of me. And I knew that. (laughs) And I look in the bushes and there are two little baby birds, right? That like have no nest, have no mommy, have no nothing. And I'm like, what? Like, (laughs) did they call me? Like, how do I even know these two little birds are in the bush? And you have to understand, I like freaked out on this little puppy, right? Going, what do I do? (laughs) Right. And um, the funny part is I then run back because I have no answer of what to do. (laughs) I run back to the kitchen where the one person who I know who can speak English is there. And he is the most passive human being who thinks that I am an instigator. I want to change the world. (laughs) He kind of gets my personality and thinks I'm a nuisance on the planet. (laughs) And when I go, what do I do? There's two birds. And he's like, Lauren, leave nature alone. You're like, as if I'm still the most annoying human being on earth. Right. right. And like, don't I know, just leave them alone. Let nature take its course. And I listened to him. Right. And I was like, you know, dragging like, okay, just leave. It's okay. The world is this way. Like it, the birds will be like, whatever happened will happen. It's you can't help. And then the next thing that happened was I, um, got back to my room. I could not sleep. I couldn't, couldn't rest. And I decided that that guy was a like, wait a minute, you know, that guy's a jerk. You don't even (laughs) believe him. You don't even like him. You actually want him to, you know, he's in the middle of having an affair with a married woman. Uh Like he's that guy. Okay. Cause he loves her. He can't help it. (laughs) And I run back to the birds, right? I run back and one is dead and one is missing. Like, and it literally was within 45 minutes, right? And, and in that moment, and I, you know, I was crying, I was devastated. And in that moment, I made a decision for the rest of my life to honor those little birds, which was, I could have done something, mm-hmm. right? Like the ability of a, like a human can do something. You can look at that situation and I could have picked up the birds. I could, I don't know if they would have lived or what could have happened, but me leaving them alone was the opposite of my birthright. Right. Right. And, and I, and in that moment, I got that I left so many things alone that were wrong, Mm -hmm. including my best friend who was cheated. Like I had so many, like that example of, of do something about everything for the rest of your life. If it comes in front of you and take the risk, like I would have rather had the risk of killing, like, not being able to help the birds and do nothing. Absolutely. Right. Like I would. And so that was that revelation has is literally the original revelation that I had that built everything to come where we are today. I think it's so fascinating because it seems like when people become successful, there's always there may not be a huge moment that changes, you know, the entire course, but there's always like a spark incident that you can kind of point to. And I love how yours is the baby birds and and how in the book you said that because of these little birds, you never let anyone's opinion stand in your way of doing the right thing. And that was so great. Yeah. And that was it. And it's, and if you, you know, that's me, right? Like I am now officially true to that story and true to that promise that I made. And I think that, you know, the, the, the amount of promises an individual can make to themselves to have what they want in their life to make change, like that moment that I had is literally what gets delivered throughout the book mm-hmm. for you as an individual to draw a line in your sand, right? And go, I'll never date those type of guys again. I'll stop eating that. I'll go after the degree I want. Like you'll like that those moments are missing. 
And everyone wishes they would have more of those for Mm -hmm. themselves where they vowed to, to their own happiness, to their own commitment to themselves, to what they see is wrong and what would be right. How much of the, a person's inability to kind of move toward their true North stems from self-confidence or the feeling that they're not worthy or less than? I think it's all a scam to get the cookie. (laughs) Explain that. Okay. So I find the human condition very suspicious. And, 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 and then I bring the comedy in right there. So if you go, what do you think? Like if I sat with any individual, they know what they should be doing all day. It's not like a person doesn't know what they should be doing or can't, like maybe they need a little help figuring that out. Mm -hmm. But the reason a person doesn't do what they should be doing is because they're doing something else, right? Something else is taking its place. Right. And if you start to study what's taking the place of what you wish you were doing, you would find your hand on a cookie. You would find you're you're doing something you're, you know, you're good at organizing, you're taking care of your kids, but you're not writing. Mm -hmm. And your dream is to be a writer as if the kids really need you to do the dishes right now. Right. Right. So, so everyone is making choices and those choices are very suspicious. That's so interesting. That's so interesting. Wow. Right. So that's when the line, maybe it's you comes in, Uh right? Like there's something about picking what you pick instead of what you wished you pick. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is that moment is what I'm coming after for every individual as a coach. And that's when you bring up the two loudest voices in our heads, right? The chicken and the brat. The chicken, the brat, and the weather reporter, which then... There was three voices. (laughs) Don't forget the weather reporter. Right. Well, it's three voices, but then the weather reporter lets you be a chicken or a brat. Okay. So tell everyone what that is. Let's talk about the voices. They're so so funny. Okay. So the weather reporter is, is when you think about... When you talk to yourself or think about life, you have a philosophy right? You sit and philosophize about why you've always been this way, why you can't change, why this is how men are. This is how the world is. This is, you know, you have generalizations that you speak about to yourself, about yourself and others that are like facts to you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like, like the tree is six feet tall and I'm bad at staying on a diet. (laughs) Right. Okay. And I like food too much. Like the tree is six feet tall and I like food too much are the same. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we, we really talk to ourselves like those things are facts. Like many of the things you say about yourself that leave you not doing what you wish you were doing is a weather report, right? So you really want love in your life, but you know how it is dating after you're divorced, right? You have three friends that tried it and got hurt. And so you haven't dated and you're 30 pounds overweight. And it's all because you know how it is out in the world dating. Right. Right. And so what happens is, is an individual weather reports and assigns blame and reality to a set of principles they don't even know they invented. And then therefore get you to get off the hook from dealing with things that you really want in your life. So we all have when, when things aren't working in your life, you want to look for what you're saying to yourself or what you believe, your theories, and your theories are weather reports disguised to you as fact. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's one whole business I make you go hunt down in the book. <laughs> I, like, make you hunt your weather reports down. Yeah. Okay? I've got some then, pretty good weather okay? reports. Okay, and trust yeah. me, <laughs> yeah, and trust me, it's like weather fronts. Right. Like, oh, it's always been this way. You know how the Internet is. You know what it's like to have children. You know, like everyone assigns reality and helplessness all at the same time. Mm-hmm. OK. And they're, and we're arrogant about it. Right. Like, uh huh. Yeah, I could prove this to you. <laughs> right. I've always been this way. I've never been able to stay on a diet. You want you want me to show you how it's true. You want to see. Look at my belly. Right? And so we're proving Oh my God, it's, it's really interesting, 
right? Because a weather report, right? And I love the idea of a weather reporter just reporting, right? Like the, it's never the weather reporter's fault if it rains when it said it was going to be sunny. Right. Like it, it's a no fault policy, blanket statements with no power. Okay. So that's weather reporting. And it only really counts where it's negative because you could have a great weather report. Oh, I've always been great at, you know, getting along with people. I have great friends, mm-hmm. right? Oh, I've always been someone who can make friends easily. Oh, that's a great weather report. Keep proving that one. Okay. So weather reports are positive and negative and you have to know where you're killing yourself because you have a weather report that leaves you lonely or isolated or not making more money or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So that's one inner dialogue. The next one to watch out for, clearly, that you can always hear is your brat. Right. So the brat starts the diet tomorrow. Tomorrow's always a better day. Right. right. Or Monday. Tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> you know, sun, yes. Yeah, Sunday. You know, you can't do it tomorrow because it's Mother's Day. I, I, you know, there's oh, the brat always explains one day, someday, and it's not my fault. And screw you. Right. And screw myself. Right. Like, I can't help it. Poor While me. It. Tantruming. Right. Like, and if you hear the brat in your head, it's really picks on people, picks on you, picks on your shoes, picks on your children. It is, it is of no, it is just a nasty little voice Mm -hmm. that is in a constant mode of like a child, right? Like child never getting what it wants, never getting enough of what it wants, always waiting for tomorrow, right? I'll do my homework tomorrow. I'll take a bath tomorrow. Leave me alone. Don't make me clean my room. Mm -hmm. So you always, and everyone has their style of being a brat, right? It's not the same as mine. You have yours. Right. And everyone has their version. And if I tapped into your inner dialogue, I swear I could hear every sentence and you would be (laughs) right. And you would be mortified that it would be so evident and that it is like a six year old. Okay. Uh The next inner dialogue that is that is limiting you from going after what you really care about in your life is your chicken. Right. Your chicken. Oh my God, he'll yell at me if I tell him the truth about that. If I tell her she, you know, looks like she's unhappy, then she'll say this to me. Like always speculating why you can't say something, do something, believe in something, go after something. Always leaving you that, you know, the world's going to, like a chicken, right? The chicken is always going to get eaten by something, right? So it's always scared of everything and justifies its logic under fear and duress. Right. And then pretends it's not a chicken. Right. Like I'm fine. Yeah. No, I don't really want to go to that party. I'm, I'll be OK. Right. It, it won't be good anyway. Right. Like. Right. And so they all do a dance. The chicken, the brat and the weather reporter are all constantly <laughs> doing a dance in your head in areas that you're unhappy in areas that you're not unhappy. You will find that you're fearless mm-hmm. and that you're willing to do the work and that your theories are good. Mm. Right. So maybe it's you works positively and negatively. Got it. So any area that's really good, I promise you kill your chicken. You don't listen to your brat and you believe in great, you know, you live in sunny California. Right. right? So this really and goes, any place, yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, I was just going to say, so this no, 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 re- I'm good. Go. really goes back to the idea of sort of aligning your heart and your mind and your body and getting everything to work for you in a good way. Maybe it's you in a good way. Like that's the end goal, right? Get everything lined up. Uh, it's, it's to put you in the driver's seat. Okay. Where like to truly be driving your life in the direction you want it to go versus that you don't think you have that power. Mm-hmm. One of right? the things Where you said if you're, in yeah. the book was that Um, none of us wants to acknowledge the gap between our desires and dreams and actions. So we often stop dreaming altogether. I I love that, that we, is that the weather report? Well, we're not, I'm never going to be successful anyway. So I just will act like I'm not successful. (laughs) And then we just stop dreaming. Right. Well, it's, it's, it's more, I I can make it funnier and more brutal than that. It's (laughs) never wanting to get, why would you ever want to get in a bikini? right? The bikini is the dream, right? Like the thing you really want, right? If you don't like your body, like why would you even buy a bikini if you hate your body, right? Right. So if you buy the bikini, you then want to, do you really want to be in it? You really want to strut around? You really want to feel comfortable walking around half naked in your body? 
And then if you're really more devoted to sad eating, not taking care of yourself, not exercising, would you ever want to talk about a bikini? The answer is never. So the dream is the bikini, mm-hmm. right? And why dream if you're never going to go for it, right? Or the minute you go, I want to be in these size jeans, right? You feel fat, mm-hmm. right? And so if you never take out the jeans, you never, you know, it's not that you don't feel fat, but you don't kill yourself about it, right? You don't hurt yourself more. Or what I would say is if you take out the jeans, you could start to deal with what you'd have to do today to start getting in them. Right. Right. right? So in making you dream and getting you to really start to articulate your dream, it starts to kick up all your desires that then leave you in the gap from where you are to where you wish you were. And it isn't that you can't take those actions. It's that you're not. Mm hmm. Right. Which is really radical. Right. Like to, you know, most people think their dreams are a million miles away and therefore I don't dream because I had to give up on my dreams because I had kids or I, you know, I didn't go to college. Right. And so they they get to shoot the dream like it's the dream's fault. Yeah. Right. So they stop dreaming as if stopping to dream of what you really want in your life is maturity. So how important right. in the dream journey, I mean, you talk about personal integrity and how keeping the promise, keeping a promise to yourself. I mean, I kind of feel like that's maybe, maybe it's not your first step, but it felt like when I was reading it, that that was like a big aha for me that when you set a promise for yourself, that keeping a promise to yourself is what allows the dream to continue. It's, it's just when we give up on ourselves and we don't keep promises, even small ones that everything just kind of stops in its tracks. And I think so many of us are just willing to be like, well, it's a promise I made in my head. So screw it. (laughs) The, when I'm like, what's the secret sauce to being happy, like to proud of yourself, to loving yourself, or even if you go, there's a lack of love, Mm -hmm. right? Like a lack of something there. It has everything to do with your ability to keep a promise to yourself, right? The amount, and, and every time you break a promise with yourself, right? Like it's, it's like, it's cheating on yourself, right? If, if you were sleeping with someone else while you were married, you'd be mortified. Like you understand why you're mortified and why you're not happy and why you're, you know, really, you need a cocktail at night, right? (laughs) To live with yourself. Right. Okay. The reason people need a cocktail to live with themselves is because they're cheating on what they wish they were doing with themselves, right? So the relationship to self is the foundation for everything, right? Duh, right? It's got a duh to it, right? Like, how do you feel about yourself? And can you keep a promise to yourself, not just to other people? And if you can't, and I go that, you know, so confidence is a verb, it's, it's not a noun, right? Everybody's like, I want confidence to just be this noun, right? I have it or I don't, right. like a chair, <laughs> right? A chair. It doesn't, it's not a chair, right? You don't have it or don't have it. It's a, it's an active verb of what, like what's, what is confidence? Like what is the action oriented verb of confidence, which is taking the actions you wish you were taking, whether you succeed or fail, it's that taking of action that is the producer of confidence. Even right? when it's you It's a fail. byproduct. It's the action. Oh, my God. Yeah. It. It's, it's you, it, right? You, so you make a promise you want to lose 10 pounds, right? And you're going to eat like this, and you're going to exercise like that, and you lost seven and a half pounds, not 10. I swear that person's still dancing. And re- do you understand? Like, they're dancing about themselves. They did. They failed but they're proud because it wasn't even the ultimate goal that was hot. It was having a goal and it was taking the actions consistent with the goal that makes you proud of yourself. It's Mm -hmm. not even, and then yes, if you lost 10 pounds, you'd be ecstatic. Like the plan worked with the dream work with like everything worked and it was genius, but happiness and love of self comes from taking all the right actions, not even the, success of the 10 pounds. Yeah, I so agree with you on this. I mean, I have had a weight goal in my head for 100 years. 
Um, but I've spent the seven, the last seven years training for triathlon and eating really well the last two. And I'm still not at that goal weight, but every day I'm, I'm working, you know, I'm, I'm going toward the goal and I'm not, I'm like a year behind in my ultimate goal, but I'm doing the best I can. I'm taking every action every day and I'm good with it because of just what you say. I I make the promise. I keep it to myself or I keep my own promise that I've made to myself and, um, every day working toward it. That is almost the fulfillment of a dream on a daily basis, I think. And I agree with you that personal integrity and keeping these self promises is huge glue major. Oh my God. It just, it's just like self that is, I think that is the, I think that is self love. Yeah. Yes. Like if you find a person who love loves it, that's self love. That's yes. self love. If yes. you're like the definition of self love is that you keep your promises to yourself. Oh, that's so good. So many people have asked me like, how have you come to love yourself? I'm like, I, I don't really think it's, I could never define what self-love is or how it, I kind of came to it, but that's exactly what it is. It's saying I have a purpose and a goal and, and keeping those promises. That is awesome. Yes. You put it into yeah. words. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. I it, love it. It. And then, and then, and then the fun part, right. Is once, you know, once you, you know, move through, maybe it's you and actually like, you know, my joke is I'm a spiritual dentist. <laughs> Yes, that's what I I'm feel a spiritual like. wait wait wait. I'm a <laughs> spiritual dentist, a spiritual accountant and a spiritual lawyer. So as a dentist, you have to face your cavities. Right? Like the real places you're in pain. That if you don't fill it, fix it, like that thing needs drilling and fixing. Mm-hmm. Okay? Then there really is uh, the accounting of your life. Like everything left that you're disappointed about or that you have to like really clean up your own books, your karmic books right? Where you have friends you don't really love anymore that hurt you. You got like all these things you keep around you that keep you sad or diminished or disappointed in life. And that you really have to clean it up, say everything, deal with everything, like all the accounting for being spiritually happy. And then the final thing is I am a spiritual lawyer or I make you make the right contracts with yourself that if you ate like that every day and exercise like that, there really is this bond to yourself of love and pride, mm-hmm. right? So I have no choice. Honestly, I have no choice but to have, like, to keep myself happy in my marriage, I have sex twice a week, mm-hmm. right? And no, I'm not waiting for my husband to initiate or not, in it. like, he's not in trouble. If he initiates, he doesn't initiate. We've been together 20 years. I'm like, this is what makes me happy and makes me feel proud in my marriage, Mm -hmm. Right. And this is in regards to my workout. I had like, so the routines that I have hanging out with my kids, painting, doing my job, everything that I do is organized into real contracts with myself that I don't get to break. So by the time you're done with the book, what you've really figured out is what do you need to clean up? Where are your cavities and what contracts do you need with yourself to really be true to your dreams? When you are cleaning up your messes, um, number two yeah. with the accountant, or the, the dentist is cleaning the, no, well, the accountant is kind of cleaning up too, I guess, but how much, the, yeah. did I say it wrong? The dentist <laughs> the is, dentist wait, 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 no, so the dentist really <laughs> is, I never forgave my father, right? And you start to figure out your dating versions of your father. And maybe if you just figured out how to forgive and deal with your dad, you'd stop Mm -hmm. trying to fix them in your love life, right? Which happens all the time, okay? So a cavity or a real like need of dentist is I'm an addict and I haven't given up drinking fully yet, right? Mm -hmm. It's like something that it's, if you don't fill that, it will cause pain your whole life. Mm -hmm. So those are like root canals, okay? So everybody has a few good root canals, Right. right? That they, that they have or need or could point to, you know, I haven't dated in 10 years since my husband left, right? Like that's okay. We got a root canal there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Some, so those are dentistry. Accounting is just the, is your day-to-day life and things in your life that, that keep on proving good and bad things about you okay. that you could change if you did your accounting. Got it. Got it. I'm not very good at math. That's why that I just glazed sense? over the accountant. I'm like, that sounds like numbers. Ignore <laughs> 
<laughs> Very that, funny. That's funny though. Um, I like the dentist idea. I quit drinking um, in December of 2015. So I'm like an official awesome. sober Sally because that was a big cavity in my life. And um, it's really interesting. I yes. think once you, I was a root canal actually. When you start patching the major bleeders, the major root canals, then you can start to deal with the cavities and then the fact that you need to floss every yes. day. <laughs> so I, I really like Ex- that analogy. Exactly. Yeah, that is so <laughs> silly, right? Yeah. It's, it's very, it, it is so true, right? It's so true. Yeah. Right. It's hard to yeah. tell people the truth. You have a whole section on basically coming clean and telling the truth and how we're all a bunch of liars. And I love that because I am mired down in a whole bunch of lie scenarios right now, just swirling around me. And then in the book, you're like, you're a liar too. And I was like, I am, I am a liar. And it's (laughs) it's all about the way that we're our own um, PR agent. And so we're presenting ourselves as we want to be seen. And a lot of it is true. Um, but then there's, you know, the Harry Wart that we're covering up too. And I just think it's so fascinating the way you're like, yeah, you're a liar too. <laughs> Everyone's a liar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have never met the human that wasn't trying to go to the grave with their lie list intact. And then you have an exercise in the book, which ever. is sit down and write every lie you've ever told and can remember. <laughs> what do you do right. with that list when you're done with it? You have to burn it. Uh, no. <laughs> So post it on your first, blog. <laughs> like the, the first, the first big, so what happens, you know, one of the things that I really teach is by lying, you're creating truth. So that is just trippy. Okay. Mm-hmm. If I can't tell you, I wish you were a better friend that equals you're not a good friend. What I can't tell you becomes true about me and about you, mm-hmm. right? If, right? If I can't talk to you about, if I can't tell my boss I was disappointed, it's because he is a bully. I'll get in trouble. So what happens is, is when people lie, they create reality and they justify their chicken, right? Like truly create it. And they also wipe their fear. Like I wipe my fear on my boss. Like it's my boss is the bully. So therefore, because he yelled what, like, so people invent what they can't, like people deal with what they won't say, can't say, won't tell the truth about, or even did and cover up. And the more you do that, the more you become what you just did to yourself, right? I can't tell you my husband, he'll leave me. So every day I'm scared he's going to leave me. And then how I live with myself that I'm not going to tell him that is that I'm really this bad person who can't control myself, but I have to keep it, keep up appearances for everyone. So one, I just locked in. I have a problem forever. Two, I have to cover it up forever. And I'm less than, and everybody's more than, and I get to, and to top it off, I get to keep on doing whatever I was doing that I'm lying about. So lying creates reality. And so when you sit down and you start to do your lie list, right, what you're really doing is figuring out how you've boxed yourself in to a type of personality you can't get out of. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's scary. Right. So I am (laughs) right. And then just so you know, just so you know, remember, right, I know this is this is the part no one remembers, right? If you have a lie list, does your best friend have a lie list? Does your husband have a lie list? Does your mother have a lie list? Mm-hmm. Right? Everyone thinks that they are the only one, right? So they're, because if I never talk about mine and ask you about yours, you never ask me about mine, right? Do you understand? We're just going to never talk about it. But what happens right? when you so tell the truth? <laughs> what happens? What um, do the well, other people do? Well, do they you, run? No, they, um, it depends on what they are. Right. Like, oh, there's some lies that I cannot save you from. Right. But the minute you cheated, the minute you stole, the minute you did any real crimes, right, you burnt the bridge in that relationship anyway and became a fake. Right. You became right. Like you became like so setting yourself free. And, you know, my my line was in my life, I was a cheater. Right. I cheated on boyfriends. Right. Mm-hmm. And when I went back to go deal with all my lie list right? The greatest thing that ever happened to me was I got a pitcher of beer over my head and Michael had to forgive me, right? Or never forgive me. But that moment when he never was going to be my friend ever again, because I had cheated on him was a moment that he got his power back 
and I got my karmic debt paid. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? Like spiritually speaking, I loved him enough and was, was taking the action to get really punished, right? Like get whatever consequence there was that he owed me and I owed him the, the opportunity to pour a pitcher of beer over my head. Mm -hmm. He really did. It was winter. Um, and we were in a bar in New York and I told him the truth and I got a pitcher of beer over my head. <laughs> and I remember walking out like sopping wet. Right. And, and I was crying cause you know, it was so big of me to finally stop, like to admit what a jerk I was like, that's a nice word. Right. Um, but to admit who I was because he still loved me. He still was caring about me. And now he never was going to again. You know what I mean? Like right. I gave him the fuel to slice me. And he deserved it. Like I set him free by owning what a creep I was. And he poured the pitcher of beer over my head. And I remember getting in the taxi and I felt alive, like free to stop being my, being that girl I had always been. Like I, like I had no idea how good it would feel to get that hate I deserve. And so everyone is assuming <clears throat> that and that, and that, but didn't you hurt him? You didn't need to hurt him. He didn't need to know, blah, 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 blah. Like everyone wants to defend keeping lies intact versus that everyone would do better with the truth and then finally do what they need to do with the truth. What I have found over the 20 years of working with people is that telling the truth and getting the consequence sets people free in a way that you would never give up after you've experienced it. Well, let's talk about consequences a little bit. I mean, some truth telling obviously has freeing consequences, like you feel better. But what about super major lies that have catastrophic consequences, a ripple effect or whatever? I mean, say it's the destruction of a family or loss of a job or a company. Are you, are you allowed to set a time frame or a contract with yourself that, okay, maybe now is not the time, but I will do it six months from now. Like, how do you feel about that? I support, I end up supporting that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like the truth is it, I don't make anyone do anything. Right. Like I refuse to have that job. Right. Right. That's your choice. Your, you know, your consequences, your, your right to make that choice. Right. What I do care about is that you see the consequence of living in that marriage where you cheated for five years and now you want to have a deep connection and your sex life sucks with him and, and it didn't used to until you cheated. And now you're realizing maybe it's you. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, you want to do everything like, so I'm not going to make that woman tell, but she's going to not pretend it's her age or his age or a boring marriage that ruined her sex life. Mm -hmm. She's going to get, it was her right? That she butchered her love in a way that she isn't getting resolved or getting the consequence for. And he has no clue. And oh, her family's intact, except she's still the living dead. And everyone doesn't get to learn the lesson of what it's really like to be human. You know, so I really don't appreciate that humans play fake instead of real. Because I don't think you can learn the lesson until you stick your hand in the fire. Right. And then you never do that again. Right. So, so there, there, I really do believe in integrity and the truth and the truth coming out and dealing with the real repercussions. But I don't make, in order to be a coach at my company, you have to clean up everything and tell all your lies. Right. You have to go. I don't care if you go back to your first grade teacher and say, you know, I did steal the pencil. <laughs> right. 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 Or you, I literally had my sister who I built the company with, Beth, who runs the corporate division and the sports division. I, she, when she was in college, used to steal food from the grocery store she worked at. <laughs> right. Like the, she would, you know, her and her friend would fill up the cart, plug in that, you know, she bought something for $30 and walk away with $180 worth of groceries. Right. Right. And I, you know, I made Beth send, she sent a check back to the place and they cashed it. And it was 15 years, you know, 15 years later, 
That's awesome. Right? It was hysterical, but right, but and then no one's connecting money issues with that thievery or That's a disconnect so of me. You, yeah. Right. So I I get very spiritual with resolving what haunts you. And and that if you pay that bill, you'll break through with money. Like you're subconsciously punishing yourself and you subconsciously are a cheater to yourself and that you keep like, why can't you be successful is connected to what you haven't resolved with yourself from those haunting moments. So I used to work at a smoothie company in college and they had the punch cards and me and this other girl would always punch several cards so we could get free smoothies. So I'm going to have to write a check to the smoothie company now. I hadn't even thought about that <laughs> until you brought it up. Exactly. I'm a thief, I'm a thief Lauren. <laughs> when I, one of the funny, first of all, when you literally start to do a lie list, like I've done them in, you know, in classroom college settings, right? So imagine I'm teaching at Stanford Business School and me, the, the professor and I are now going to go into a whole session on lying, writing your lie list and figuring out the type of liar you are and, and how you get away with it and why you, like what you want to promise going forward about your life, right? And then what you're willing to clean up because you can see it, you can connect the dots to it keeps you diminished about your self-love, okay? And what happens in that class is I start telling all my lies, right? The way to get everybody to start telling all their lies is takes one to know one, right? Right. And I have like the amount of cheating, lying, like there is no deadly sin I haven't done, right? There is nothing on that list that I cannot go, oh yeah, me too. Oh yeah, me too. Oh yeah, me too. And then what happens in that room, if you start getting some brave souls to speak up, is everyone has versions of the same lies on their list, mm-hmm. right? We have so much more in common than we have not in common, right? Right. I may be weird and prejudiced and have this moment, um, but you have it in this fashion. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so it's just, it's hysterical. The thing that's so hard, I think for me, and I'm sure you've heard it a million times. It's like, say you screw, it's just like me and the smoothies, the smoothie, smoothie thievery. I mean, that was a hundred years ago. I've moved on from that. I'm not still stealing anything. And I never stole as a kid. That was like my one thievery. But you're saying that even if you've moved on, life appears okay, that these sort of lies that you're dragging around behind you are still there and you're still holding on to them. And until you clean your plate, it's going to be a problem. I mean, um, it, it's that is the that's the dark side of it, right? Like, mm-hmm. a, like that's true. The part that no one understands is, you know, my joke is I, it's like, you know, Pac-Man eats the, the, the power thingy and then he can fly. Yeah. Right. No one understands that cleaning up one of those lies is like eating the big Pac-Man thing that gives you a whole level of jazz and juice and, and energy that like you clean something up on in your life. Mm-hmm. Like no one gets right. The, the high and the, the boost it gives to your belief in yourself, your relationship to money, your relate like your relationship to change and power that comes from unhinging one of these. Mm-hmm. Right? You're trapped. What your your lies own you, you don't own them. Right? Yeah. So, this is such good yeah. stuff. I could talk, so, I just yeah. I just go, yeah. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm working through the book right now, and so I'm still, um, yeah, I'm, I'm on my lie list. That's where I'm at. I, I planned on finishing I the book tell. before the podcast, but it was too much work to do in the middle of it. <laughs> it, so really, many, it really yeah. is. Des- thank. Well, you know, it. Um, that's my dream come true, right? Which is that I make it fully available so a person can totally get it. Yeah. It's and wonderful, Lauren. Like, this book is absolutely wonderful. I mean, I can't, I can't say it enough. 
Um, just really, really good stuff, you guys. It's called Maybe It's You, and maybe it is you. You might be surprised in a good way, too. I mean, I don't want to just – and like you yeah. said, there's a there's a good side. I mean, I'm, I'm from reading this stuff, I'm realizing how many excellent strengths I do have and that my weather report is, for the most part – very sunny with a cool breeze and 72 degrees, <laughs> you know, um, exactly. and it hasn't always been that way. And, and, um, so I, I'm a blogger and I, I write a lot of things that people go, Oh, I can't believe you told, you told that, or I can't believe you said that. And I realize a lot of what you teach is setting those lies and those truths free and just saying them. Yeah. And then a million people email you and say, me too, me too. And, you know, the yeah. deep, dark secrets that we all have, that, um, you know, those may take a little more cutting loose and <laughs> I'll get there. But, um, yeah, this is just such a val- – this is valuable life work is what this is, and it's fantastic. So thank you so much um, just for the book. It's great. And I know I'll get you lots of people buying it because they will love, 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 love this podcast for sure. So let's talk um, real quickly yeah. before – um, before we go about the habits that you have on a daily basis, um, that just have set you up for success. I mean, this podcast is called the same 24 hours and it's about the fact that we have the same 24 hours in our day and it's what we do every day, all day consistently, yes. consistently that makes a difference in our lives. So what are some of your, your tips and tricks? So I have a lot of, so sex with my husband twice a week, mm-hmm. never, Never hold on to anything, never go to bed unhappy, never not resolved, and never, and I, and I am famous for copying to my own shit, right? I yep. love owning whatever you have to say you had an experience of me as. Most people are not very, most people are defensive, right? And so one of my, my greatest capacities is to own my dark side and to get called on it and to be happy to own it and apologize and make a new promise. Mm-hmm. So I walk my own talk and that has me have a very hot marriage after 20 years. Let me ask you this real quick. And this doesn't have to do with marriage, um, but like yeah. when you own your own shit, when, when you yeah. are in a relationship with a friendship, a business partner, whoever, and you know that they're pissed off at you and you yeah. s- say, what did I do? And you, you literally will take all the steps to make it right. And then you can't get them to tell you what you did so you can make it right. If you're ready, you're standing there, you're like, I will own this. (laughs) I will own my own shit. I am ready. And then no one will tell you what you're supposed to own. What do you do? (laughs) What do you do? Um, Nine out of ten. Well, first of all, you pick that person, right? (laughs) There's no one in your life. You're not in whatever dilemma you're in that you picked on purpose. Okay. Right? So, So with that in mind... The odds that you know what they're upset about, right? If I gave you a million dollars, if you could figure out what they're upset about, unless it's your first month with them and you really don't know them, your ability to guess what they're upset about is usually pretty good, even though they should tell, why are they mad about that? Like you're in an entire dynamic that you probably could write out. If I gave you a million bucks to get it right, you would earn the money. Mm -hmm. And you're the picker who ends up in a relationship that's imbalanced that way. Okay. So I, I always, does that make, so, so. Yeah, no, it does. It does. And then even, yeah, I just wonder when, when, even if you're in the relationship and you've picked it, um, when, when do you know to cut it loose? And when you, even if you. I, I mean, you do. Yeah. You, uh, most relationships, if they, if they keep on having the same drama, mm-hmm. right? Like they, they. A healthy friendship, a healthy business relationship, a healthy lover, right? You can't get, the, the only places you may have unhealthy relationships that actually you need to keep on working on forever is your family. Right. Right. Like that, that you were born into that one. I recommend you figure out how to fix that one. And that could take a lifetime. Right. Everything else. And that then includes your children. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it even includes your husband or ex-husband, right? So family is family and you can't get out of that. You picked all that. That is sacred. That's coming with you till the end of time. Right. And maybe even past that. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Pick wisely. Pick wisely, guys. Okay. 
Um, especially your husband, because that makes your children or your wife or, you know, so that's right. very critical. But past that, everything else in your life needs to be worth it for you. Mm-hmm. Your friendships, like those, all those things are, they should only be in your life if they bring you real pa- freedom, power, joy, happiness. Right. Right. That doesn't mean it's never hard, but it, it has a level of equality. Right. So when, if you find yourself in an unequal relationship, right, you do all the work, you know how to account for everything. They're defensive. They never own up to anything. If you call a relationship imbalanced and it's not a fair deal, uh, you have to leave. Right. Or tell them you're leaving because of the imbalance, have the real fight. And then either the person will pick up like pick up the slack and agree or they it's time to break up. It's you know most people don't understand it's okay to leave people. Right. It's okay to change friends, it's okay to change jobs, it's okay to be unhappy and find something better. Right? The amount people will stay and keep on trying to fix themselves and be upset, I find that way more disturbing than learning how to move on. Absolutely, because the moment you decide this is destructive and dangerous to my health, then you're standing in your truth. You're done telling the lie. Yeah, it's, I have, you know, I do a lot to help people tell the truth about the imbalances in their life. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, could be in work or could be with their community friends. Yeah. 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 Well, you are awesome. I yeah. am I am just so excited about this. Everyone's going to love you. You guys, the book, Maybe It's You, Cut the Crap, Face Your Fears, Love Your Life, Lauren Zander. Lauren Handle Zander. We got to keep that keep that middle name because that's part of your <laughs> method. So um, I will post up yes. all the links to all the things. And thank you for your time, Lauren. It was fantastic. It was very nice to share this with you. And I'm really grateful that you care and that you're doing it, and that you're one of those people out uh, making change happen in the world. That's really inspiring. Well, thank, thank God. Thank you. I'm going to need thank your mailing you. address because I'm sending you my lie list, and it's going to be a box. Come on. <laughs> oh, my God. That sounds, I swear I'm the best person to send it to. You would, you would probably right? enjoy it, yeah. <laughs> well, thank would, you so would, much. No, we would enjoy it. Okay. <laughs> All right, Lauren. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.